0: Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, English teacher and school principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at Sarah S.A. Johnson. Be sure to subscribe to the In Awe Podcast so you can join me each week as I feature women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Hello, my friends, and welcome to our series on mentorship this November of 2020. Before we get rocking, I wanted to invite you into an important opportunity to join me for a free five-day live teaching session that I'm leading over on Facebook. More than ever, our boundaries between work and home are becoming blurred, and as we head into the holiday season, which will look very different for us all, I believe a focus on intentional living will serve us. Click on the link in the show notes to join the private group today so you're ready to join me when I share with you the key messages I've shared with thousands in my workshops and keynotes, and it's all for free, my friends. Now let's get to this awesome conversation that I had with our awe-inspiring guest, Lindsay Titus is a K-12 behavior specialist with a license in behavior analyst as a board certified behavior analyst Lindsay coaches and trains educators on the study of behavior and how to implement evidence-based behavior principles in simple and easy ways with experience as a classroom special education teacher and behavior specialist in public schools residential placement and private settings Lindsay enjoys working with all educators looking to reignite their passion for education connect with all students and conquer challenging behavior in the classroom setting in this episode. we discuss Lindsay's experience and passion in mentoring educators and specifically around behavior, her insights into behavior, and she emphasizes important points about our interactions and what we can control applying to all aspects of our lives. Lindsay shares with us her passion and purpose with Define University, and she reminds us all the critical importance of defining ourselves so we can lead authentically no matter where we are leading. When I found Lindsay's Instagram page a few months ago, I just knew that she would be such an inspiration at a time when we can use more and more of what she is passionate about. Her message is perfectly timed, and her mission is quite clear. I love this conversation, and I cannot wait for you to dive in. I am honored to share with you Lindsay Titus's mentorship story. Welcome, Lindsay Titus, to the In Awe podcast. I am so excited to have you today and to have my listeners experience an awesome conversation with you.
1: I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yay. So if listeners, for whatever reason, have not heard of you, would you just do us a favor, Lindsay, and give us a little bit about your current context?
1: Absolutely. So hey, everyone. So I again, I'm Lindsay Titus. I currently live in Rochester, New York, which is kind of in between Buffalo and Syracuse on the western New York side of the state. I am during the day, I am a K-12 behavior specialist. So I get to work. I I feel super grateful. I get to work with the littles all the way to to our seniors uh, in a public school district and really work on all things behavior, which is really cool because I get to work on academic, social, emotional, trauma, you name it i'm involved which is really cool and then outside of that that job i am a educational coach and speaker through define university which is my my business where i really get to highlight my my inner passion and mission of education and you know my goal well you know, is always to help amplify voices of educators. It's to help really provide students and staff with the tools to share their voice with the world. And that all educators, I want them to own their personal power and I want them to live into who they are, are designed or destined to be every day. And I think what's really cool is in both of those contexts, I get to I get to do that every day. And so I truly am, although it's a little corny, I'm truly blessed to do what I have the ability to do each and every day.
0: It's not corny to me. Um, I know my listeners are hearing your talk about your passions and your mission. And you're like, Oh, (laughs) makes sense why Sarah got connected with Lindsay. I share your passion for what you do and actually had reached out to Lindsay, specifically to be on this mentorship podcast, because I had come across your um, Instagram feed and saw what you're doing with define university and thought, Oh, my goodness, this this is a wonderful person to have featured to talk about mentorship because clearly you're using those passion and skills to serve others and to help them to become. And that's amazing. So thank you for that work and for finding your passion. It's great.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's been, it's definitely been a journey, but it's one that I am grateful for every day.
0: Well, and I love that you say that you get to work with the littles all the way up to the seniors in your um, contracted work with a district because that is, you know, can't be replaced. The amount of Skills that you have and that you get to practice every day. And I'm sure work alongside teachers will talk about that is uh, dynamic, I guess, would might be a word to use. Uh, but I'm so excited to have you here on the mentorship series because the other thing that I can tell you is that so many of my listeners are educators and they understand how important your roles, both of them are. And so I'd like if you'd be interested in peeling apart first how you use your skills to mentor in your particular capacity in the school district, because some people might not know, you know, what a behavior specialist does. Do you want to unpack that a little bit for us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, and again, it may look different depending on your district, but where I work, so I am a, again, I'm a district employee, so I work K-12, we have 10 schools, um, but I'm really hired under the teacher contract. So, I am hired as a special education teacher, that is my background. I started out in the classroom uh, 15 years ago now, and, you know, really through the course of my career, really found this passion for behavior, and even more than that, really helping other people to understand why does behavior happen, Where does it come from? What does it mean? Uh, What is it telling me? And so I really, you know, while, while my official title is behavior specialist, I often call myself a behavior coach because I really do see that I work side by side with teachers and coaching them so that they my goal is that teachers are not dependent on me. My goal. And I know I've done a good job when the teachers I work with don't need me. They, are, they aren't they are reaching out as often. They're saying, or they're reaching out saying, oh my gosh, I did this, I figured it out, guess what I did? And I get to now celebrate with them and celebrate in their growth. And when I think of mentorship, I think to me, that's what it comes down to is about growth. And about being able to provide feedback in an effective way that again promotes growth and learning and and allows vulnerability to make a mistake and to own that and say, man, that didn't work. What are we gonna do now? And yes, I use data. You know, I'm a data nerd. That is my favorite thing. That is what I relate to. But I use that as a tool to connect and teach, which again, to me, comes down to that mentorship of having that evidence. Where are we going? What's our goal? What do you wanna learn about behavior? Because again, K 12, All the staff I work with, they have different goals about what behavior means to them or what they want to learn and how far they want to go. And I just think it's a really cool opportunity that, you know, I by simply shifting kind of how I viewed my role, the connections I've made and the mentoring I've been able to do, whether it's an official role or or unofficially, um, I've been able to just make so many great connections, and we've been able to see so much progress with our students, which I think is the ultimate goal we all want within the in the classroom.
0: Well, absolutely. And I'm sure that, um that the teachers that you work with are so grateful for your mentorship. Anybody who has been a classroom teacher understands that there are a lot of dynamics that go into managing a classroom, right? And, you know, it's, it's creating in the environment that's best for our students to learn. And in reality, there are challenges that constantly come up. And um, I think about when uh, in the various experiences that I've had over time, both being a classroom teacher myself, um, knowing colleagues who, you know, can struggle with behaviors, knowing Uh, being a a principal uh, at all levels, elementary, middle and high, and then also principal subbing, if you can imagine what that would look like. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kind of chuckling at that and thinking about the varying degrees of um, efficacy when it comes to understanding behaviors, managing behaviors. Um, It's something that we do daily in our schools Right. So it's a it's a critical skill that we need to be able to have. Um, What do you think in regard to your mentorship are some of the consistent ways that you serve or like what are some of the consistent challenges that you find educators have when trying to work with behaviors of our students?
1: What I focus on most is actually our own inner behavior. So a lot of times we see behaviors, we observe them, they're happening in front of us, our students are demonstrating them. And we immediately, I mean, we're educators, we want to do, we want to fix, we want to help, right? Any of those verbs fit the, fit the mold. But what I constantly go back to is, is is this you know reminder of, I can't actually make anybody else do something for themselves. I can only change me, I can change my my inner thoughts, my mindset, I can change. I always go to three things, I can change my mindset, I can change my language and I can change my own actions. And by doing that, I invite and I expand in the environment for students to do the same or teachers to do the same. And so one of the things I I constantly work at, at, both at my, you know, as a behavior specialist, but also through Define University is to really help Teachers anchor into who they are. Because if I can, if I can show up and I know, oh man, I have a I have a behavior, I call it a behavior bias, right? I have behavior bias to swearing. It's just not okay. Well, I can give the teacher all the tools in the in the toolbook, toolbox to, you know, reduce swearing or not have swearing in your classroom, but I can't stop the student from swearing. And so there's a, there's always a disconnect. So my goal is is not to say swearing's okay. But it's to say, how do we change our mindset to hear that swear word and truly understand what the student is actually saying? And then have a conversation with the student to say, hey, when you say this, I think this, what's a different way we can express that same message? You know, So we're showing the value of respect that you and I have for one another. So I think the goal, you know, I really try to help change that mindset of what behavior is, and really owning into how do we change? How do I change? You know, it's not—it's something that it's not about me, but it has to start with me. So recognizing the challenging behaviors you're seeing in your classroom—that's an mm-hmm. expression from that student, right? That's their meaning. That's their expression of the moment. That's the only way or the best way that they know how at that moment how I can interpret it. Well, that's up to me. So it has to start with me. Behavior change has to start with from within. So when I can understand that as the classroom teacher. I can see behavior through a different light, and then I can help teach those underlying skills that the students might be missing.
0: Mm, You're giving just some really beautiful gems. And even for my listeners who are not in education, this absolutely translates to our personal lives uh before before we yeah. oh, goodness. Yes. before we got on the podcast I said to Lindsay okay I'm gonna breathe first uh, because as listeners probably know by now I have my my children home and and I you know say often I'm your teacher and your principal and your mom and those uh, roles are weaving but as I'm listening to you it's really hitting me right now and I'm sure it would listeners when you think about you know, being in our homes and being with our families more often with whether we have been locked down from COVID or we are, you know, remote learning, what are all those different variables in terms of when we're home more often, I'm certain that I'm not the only one who has seen more behaviors from my children. Can you please tell me that I'm not the only one?
1: <laughs> you are absolutely not the only one.
0: <laughs> and so I just thought what you said there um, felt so realistically applicable right now more than ever to every listener, no matter what uh, field they're in. Because I just think there's some we have different emotions that are in play right now for a wide range of reasons. And we can't control, you know, the behaviors of the people outside of us, but we can look to ourselves. And what I heard you say, and I wanted to make sure that listeners heard this again was mindset, language and actions. We have control over those things, regardless of, you know, the behaviors of the people in our environment. Was that a fair summary?
1: absolutely yeah and and i think what's so beautiful about it and i love that you brought this up is that even if you aren't a classroom teacher right what i what i teach or what i share my goal is that it is applicable to life Because what I found early in my career, I actually burnt out of teaching your four and a half. Um, I left the classroom a month shy of my fifth year because I had not done what I practice and preach today, you know, 10 years later. And I thought I needed to be a different person for every role that I served. So Hmm. when I was classroom Lindsay, you know, classroom teacher Lindsay, I did this. But when I went home, I did this. And when I went with my friends, I was this person. And it was like, I had these like, and 15 different personalities, well, that's exhausting, right? That is so overwhelming. And and so my goal now is is to flip it. So what I was doing is I was letting my outer reality, my, my roles dictate who I was inside. Well, now I've completely flipped that. Now I own who I am inside and that gets to show up in any role that I serve. So I do more now. I do have more roles now than I did then I love and I have more of a purpose and passion for my life and it's solely because I get to create it. So whether you're in the classroom or not, I love it because this is truly life work and the beauty is you don't have to then decide, oh, is this a classroom strategy? Is it a home strategy? It's simply if you're interacting with people because people engage in behaviors, it's it's something all of us have in common. um, These tools are going to be effective because again, you're going to anchor into what can I control which is absolutely who you are in that moment.
0: Mm, And it's so good. And I don't know if I'm sure listeners are hearing the same thing that I am from you, this passion that just comes through that is so palpable. And I appreciate so much that you tied back to your pain point. Um, because that burnout piece and where that comes from and it seems to be a really strong message in your whole life mission right now in your journey. And one of the things that my listeners hear from me and in my work that I um, hear really aligning well with what you're saying is um, transcending that idol of a title um, that we feel we have to be this thing or this person, um, tied to whatever that title happens to be. When in reality, we just have to figure out who we are first so that we can bring that best version of Sarah or Lindsay to every single one of those roles. Um, and I think that that might be a great opportunity to segue because it sounds like define university, this great passion of yours, where you mentor and you serve through your company and your business has really evolved out of that. Is that accurate?
1: It absolutely is. So yeah.
0: So five.
1: Well, even before teaching, I grew up living by the identity that I'm shy, I'm reserved, I'm quiet. You know, I will often share. In fifth grade, I had a behavior plan to get me to talk. <laughs> that was. Oh my goodness. That was my challenging behavior, and and now I I can't stop talking. And so I found my voice, and I found my voice by realizing. I tried everything else. I had tried medication. I had tried counseling. I had tried um, changing jobs. I changed jobs a whole bunch of times. I had tried um, kind of I call it like the baseline self care, right? The things I thought I should do. And what I realized is all of those are effective. All of those are are absolutely necessary to the people that that need them. But why they weren't working for me is because I had this lack of inner worth as to who I was. And so at the end of every day, even though I was doing all the things, I was doing what everyone was telling me to do, I wasn't getting anywhere. I was, I was on this like hamster wheel or merry-go-round wheel of life. And I found a coach and you know, it was it was mindset and it was this totally different idea of, whoa, this isn't anything I'd ever thought of before. And I said, well, I remember the conversation <laughs> distinctly with my husband. I said, Well, I tried everything else. I might as well try this. And he goes, go for it. What do you got to lose? I'm like, that's true. I got nothing here. So let's let's just do it. And oh my goodness, within within a week or two weeks, I felt like a different person. Like I felt, you know, again, alive. I was like, who, what have I been, what have I been doing? Like the fog cleared. And so I went on my own journey. And I believe, you know, as you learn, as you learn a skill, as you learn who you are, once you have that, well, then you teach it. And so really, that's what Define You, or that's where Define You came from, Define University. I felt so inspired and motivated and and purposeful in my life that I was like, I need to share this. And it it started so small. It started me sharing uh, on Instagram stories every morning. I would do a little morning message for my followers. And we are now, I think, two years in, and I still do those messages Monday through Friday. Um, And the business has just continued to build. Truly, and and the whole mission is that I want to help educators define who they are first so they can show up as that person in any role that they serve inside and outside of the classroom. My, My thought is, and my goal is, you get to love the life you create in all avenues. So that means it's not an or anymore. It's not, well, I have to give it all to my classroom or I have to give it all to my family or my life. It's an and. And my goal is to teach you how to make that and the most purposeful and for you, because you get to create the life. So I lived it. I now teach it. And I get to continue to grow alongside the educators I coach every single day.
0: And you have me just literally up, up at my seat, cheering, standing. Yay, <laughs> Lindsay. Keep going. I love it. I love what you've just said um, about so many different things, but that piece of and makes so much sense to me. Uh, And it's really beautiful to hear how that kind of came to your own life where, you know, what do I have to lose? And here you are just living this passionate mission and a message, which is awesome. And I know speaking from experience that um, educators need this. Right now, I I think all people need this, I'll be fair, but I know that educators right now are really, really struggling with the passion for the job. We've had so much attrition in our profession for the longest time, rates increasing since the 90s. And yet now we have um, invited in this era of COVID, which has just literally made this. Amplified, you know, this issue of losing yourself to your job or, you know, losing your joy, who you are um, to those spaces. And so the timing is perfect. I'm so glad that you're doing this. Can you share a little bit more about, like, if our listeners are hearing and they're feeling inspired and they want you to be their mentor, what does it look like to sign up for your services through Define University?
1: Absolutely. So one of my one of my goals again was to make Define University accessible in some way, shape, or form to any educator <laughs> that that wanted to truly learn how to define who you are, right? That de- definition from the inside out. And so I have I have different levels available to whatever level of investment that educators. Um, and, and, and in all honesty, I have non educators that have reached out to that are a part of my program because again, the mission is how do I define who I am? So at that surface level. Um, well let me back up. So, defineuniversity.com is the is my website. And so that has all of this information on it. So, it's kind of the best like one-stop shop if you will. So, it's just um defineuniversity with y o u.com. But they have different levels. So, the first level is really that content level that I put out there. So, I have a podcast where I share every week as well as bring guests on to share about how do we do this practice in, you know, short, small, simple strategic steps at a time. Then I offer uh, courses that are usually about four to six weeks. And those those just vary through the, through the year. Currently, I'm doing one called Magnify Your Mindset. So we're really focused on some practices that we can implement to truly do that, to expand our own inner mindset. Um, and then at the kind of my top level is I do offer one-on-one coaching where we really break down those limiting beliefs. We peel back the onion, if you will, to really understand where are these beliefs and how do we change this thought process? How do we create habits that are going to serve you and standards and values that you get to live by? And then I also have a a course, a twelve week course. It's my baby. It is my passion. Uh, it's called Ignite Your Legacy, where we do just that. We get to I get to teach educators how to ignite their legacy. So, it, you know I offer a variety because I think that's what people need. I didn't want a cookie cutter. You know, this program for everybody will fit the needs because I really want it to be solely a personalized experience and a journey of growth and learning for every educator that that is ready to say yes, that I I am ready to define who I am from the inside so I can create that outside or that reality that I just that I that I know is there, but it's kind of that one step out of reach. Well we're gonna bring it to within reach and we're gonna we're gonna teach you how to love and find joy in all the things you do.
0: That's beautiful. I absolutely love it. So listeners, I will be absolutely sure to link the website there so you can get in touch with Lindsay if you're interested in doing that. Um, and and I just love the work that you're doing. I think it's so critical. And it's funny because you know I do work around mindset. I coach um, leaders as well. I have my own coaching that I just started in this last couple of months. And I, it's it's not surprising but it is interesting once people come to the realization that they actually have not spent a lot of time on this inside work you know we can have very highly accomplished professionals that have all of these degrees layered on they've got you know xyz whatever success looks like to them on the outer world but their insides are just bleeding and broken. Um, and I know that that's been a part of my story too. And so I just think once people come to that realization to have somebody like you to hold their hand and walk them through it with grace and, um, joy is so wonderful. So thank you for doing that, um, for people that's wonderful to hear.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, I always I always break it down that this is when I started doing this work, that's when my my purpose and passion truly came to light. You know, I always knew I loved education. I always knew I loved um, just educating. But even even back to, again, leaving the classroom, I had this total mind, mindset shift of, wait a second, I just went to school for all these years to become a teacher and now I'm not a teacher, right? I went through this whole shift of like, well, what is a teacher? What isn't it? What and, and what does that get to look like? And you know, I realized it took me a long time to say, it's okay. It's okay that I found a different passion outside of being the the you know teacher within a classroom. And I still get to educate, I still get to do what I love. And I see sometimes that that teachers just need that. I, I love that you said like holding their hand, they just need someone to say and to give them permission to give themselves permission. It is absolutely okay to figure out and to say, you know what, I'm not really sure what I love, but let's figure it out. I'm ready to find out, and the the I'm beyond grateful that, that I have the trust in educators to help them along that process, and and celebrating with them and every step of the way, and providing that feedback, and I learn just as much from them as hopefully they do from me, and it's just a beautiful you know reciprocal uh, you know connection that that
0: you get to make. Absolutely. And that is such a beautiful point that you, you know, we're, beautiful souls on complicated journeys. And we're assisting one another through it, that Ram Das quote of we're just all walking one another home. And I think about, um, again, this message that continues to come through that I feel so strongly about is that uh, ripping that identity, that idol of a title off of us is so hard. It's so it's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life and and continues to be a struggle. Um, you know, and a little less every day as I work into my own passion and have come to that discovery and the same way that you have, that maybe is inspiring listeners to hear, because I think our society does such a great job of um, branding us and getting us working so hard to get into a title. And once we lose that, for whatever reason, you know, it might be taken from us, we might walk away from it, we might, you know, lose it for a thousand reasons. And that can be personal and professional, right? That uh, we suddenly don't know who we are when that's gone. And I, when I speak to um, groups, I talk about this when I do my teachings. I think about this idea that, you know, these these titles that we have, they are transient. Every single one of them, you know, Um Spouses, you know, for a wide range of reasons why we might lose any one of them. The one that we had from the beginning was us. And if we don't know who that person is, (laughs) then we're really not giving our best version in any one of those roles that we serve. So good work. It's great work. It's passionate work. It's, yes.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I, I mean, I think you nailed it. You know, it's that identity piece. And I think back to one of the first exercises my coach had me do when I finally said, okay, I'm going all in, I'm going to do this. And I invested in my first coach. She had me list out like who I identified myself as, you know, those titles, those words, who do I, who do I think I am? And then she had me categorize them. Is this a helpful identity or not helpful? And I was like, okay, I can do this. You know, the the first part was was a little weird. And then the second part got a little harder. And then on the call, so now we're face to face. She goes, Okay, now go through each one <laughs> and tell me why you thought that. And I was like, Whoa. I was like, I and my first was like, I don't know. I, I don't want to get it wrong. And that's when she taught me, and I've it's I, I live by this. She goes, You can't get it wrong. She goes, Because it's you and you're never wrong. Who you are is not wrong. And I'm like, Well, it was again that moment of. Okay, like the pressure is now lifted. I can't get this wrong. And if it goes a different direction, I'm just going to learn from it. And that's really what I love teaching, again, educators um, or, or just anybody really. I teach it to my own daughter at home, you know, growing into a growth mindset doesn't mean you have to have a growth mindset today, right? We grow into it by the actions we take, the mindset we hold, and the language we use. And I think that identity of like, who am I? Is it helpful? Does it not? And realizing it is going to shift and change based on things often outside of our control. And so, but the thing you can control is who you are.
0: Right on sister. <laughs> I'm inspired. Thank you so much for your message. And I do love that. I love that um, idea about figuring out whether your identities are helpful or not. And, I, and it is interesting too, that if listeners, if you haven't spent time doing this and your, your heart's kind of pounding and you're hearing this and you're thinking, okay, this is, it's time for me to be thinking about these things. Um, one of the things that I would say is that the pressures of society impact us all very differently. And, you know, once you are able to define who you are and know yourself at your core, you understand why maybe that is, you know, because we all have different personality types and sometimes our whole core ends up being to try to either serve others or to achieve for love or whatever, (laughs) like whatever has us so pinned into the value that others place on those things. And so how powerful to hear you say that you can't get it wrong. What a beautiful message. It's awesome. All right. So I have a question for you, Lindsay. Um, Since we're on the series of mentors, I know you've mentioned that you have a coach, but would you identify um, anybody in your life who has been a mentor to you that you would like to just kind of honor in this moment and give them some space for being the person that they've been in your life? Even if you don't name them directly, but the impact of mentorship on yourself?
1: Absolutely. So two, two mentors, anytime I think about you know. Where I am today. And I always go kind of like way back, and they actually were two of my swim coaches. So I, I was a swimmer growing up. Uh, it's where I found my, it's, it's what I loved the most um, every day, you know, even through high school. I usually swam twice a day. I'd swim before school, I'd swim after school. Um, and I had a coach, I had two coaches. So I had my like private swim team, you know, that I did after school, but then I had my high school coach and uh, Cheryl and Doug. And I, I really am a big part of me. A big part of getting through high school or through some tough years uh, with some challenges at home, challenges with my family, uh, are really due to them. And I think the thing that they did for me is they gave me that space when I needed it. So, Cheryl, if I walked onto the pool deck and she could see my body language that today I, I didn't need to swim, I just needed to sit and chat and reflect she opened, you know, she allowed me to do that. And she said, here's here's what I think, like, what do you need? And she honored that. Um, And then same thing in high school, you know, our coach was able to really see us for more than being swimmers. We were were people and he always honored that. And I think for me, that's where I learned a lot of those lessons. I, I don't know that I necessarily connected then, but certainly connect to now in working with, you know, middle schoolers, high schoolers and using the lessons that they've taught me uh, through that process.
0: That's really beautiful. And look how on the ready you had that response, <laughs> even though I didn't prep you for it, which just shows the impact. And I love it. It's so beautiful. And, it, and I think it's a great segue too to the next question that I have, which are the two standards questions that I have on the podcast. Are you ready for those? I am. All right, Lindsay. So how about this one? If you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say?
1: So my biggest piece would be to learn, learn to grow into that growth mindset early on. And you know, I I truly whether I called it a fixed mindset or a growth mindset, I don't know that those were, were terms necessarily when I was growing up or that I was aware of. But I distinctly remember describing myself as I'm shy. I was born shy. I'm going to be shy. I, I just don't have confidence. I'm never going to be like that person. And I really resonated with you know who I saw people around me being, and I was like, well. This is just the way it is. And it could not be farther from the truth that, again, we get to create it. And I lived behind these limiting beliefs for so long because I just thought that's that's the only option I had. So if I was going to write a letter, I would tell myself to start growing into that growth mindset that if I don't like something, if something's not serving me, then I absolutely have the power to change it.
0: That is really beautiful. And, and again, aligning with your message so well. How about this one? If we have listeners who find themselves in a pit of fear or doubt, what could you say to help them rise up out of it?
1: So I, anytime I hear fear or doubt. Uh, trust is that next word that pops into my head. So my, my biggest thing is to anchor into trust in who you are and to realize that doubt or fear, it comes from that unknown. It comes from not knowing. And I've learned that there's going to be times that I don't know but the thing I do know for certain is who I am and that I can lean and trust into my, my abilities, my values. I love to say, you know, fear is always there. It's my sidekick. So buckle up. You know, I've even been known on videos or I'm doing it right now, to be perfectly honest. Like I look to my right as if they're like sitting in the car with me. I'm like, buckle up, buckle up, fear. Here we go. But that trust are the headlights of that car. Trust always leads the way in the darkness, I might need them more. But even when it's light out, I know they're still there. I know they're there at a moment's notice if something should happen. And to me, that's what trust is. Trust in who I am is always present. I anchor and reground into it every day so that when fear and doubt do creep up, it's just telling me, well, you're about to learn something new. So let's go through it. Let's expand our comfort zone and let's let's dive on in. So for me, that is what I would share when it comes to fear and doubt.
0: Mm, that is... <laughs> Very um, telling of the amount of internal work you've done. And I love to hear that. It's amazing. And I love that analogy too with the headlights. The fact that when it's light out, you don't even need them, but you know you're there because they're just kind of have that, like that hand on the pulse of what you need and knowing. And I also love that image that you provide here where you say that it's going to come. I mean, it's just, it's a part of life. And so just be ready to learn something new. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. It's very inspiring. Thank you. All right, Lindsay. Well, I feel like we could probably talk for five hours on this podcast and I have enjoyed every moment of it. It's reinvigorated my spirit right on time when I needed it. And I know that there's going to be a mission and the message for our listeners too, which is huge. Could you do me a favor and just direct my listeners so that if they're interested in connecting on your social accounts or whatever, that they would know the best place to engage with you. And then I will, of course, link it all in the show notes.
1: Absolutely. So the two uh, platforms I'm on, most platforms, the two platforms I'm on most often are Twitter and Instagram. So Instagram is lindsay.titus828. And again, that's where I do those morning messages and just share tips and tricks for all things mindset, language, and action. Then Twitter um, is at ltitus828. Um, And then again, uh, defineuniversity.com has all things. And you can email me right through there as well. Um, So those would be the top three places I would say to to go uh, connect with
0: me. Awesome. Well, as listeners know, I will be sure to link those. I'm so glad that you spent some time with me today so that I could share your mentorship story. And there are so many great things in store for you and for those that you mentor. And I'm so appreciative that you would gift us with your time. Thank you so much, Lindsay.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast.